Welcome back to the Hail Marys and Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Pratt. You can find me on Twitter at Hotline Fantasy. I'm a DraftKings social intern and the head of NFL at The Breakdown. And this is more of an emergency podcast edition because we got some breaking news this morning from True Hoops' Henry Abbott source. Blazers star Damian Lillard to request a trade in the days to come. If this is a surprise, you haven't been paying attention. I'm joined by Anton Lee once again. Anton, welcome back to the show. Give me your initial thoughts on this Damian Lillard impending trade request. You know, as someone who's been a fan of the NBA for a long time, I can positively say that the situation in Portland has always been a little bit questionable to me. I've never thought that the Blazers could ever win the championship with just Dame and CJ McCollum as their core, you know, two point guards who are offensive juggernauts but can't really play defense. So quite honestly, this isn't really a surprise to me. And, you know, coming off their new coach hiring and their early exit in the playoffs, um, I'm not that surprised, but I'm really excited to see what happens uh, as it unfolds this summer. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of turmoil in Portland, Anton. And while I don't necessarily view C.J. McCollum as a point guard, I think he is more of a true shooting guard. Uh, He's definitely capable of being that facilitator. And regardless of what exact position he is, it's clear that he and Damian Lillard don't fit together as well as two stars should. And then you throw in the coaching search. And we heard early on that Chauncey Billup was one of Damian Lillard's guys. And then he gets hired. And then there's obviously the backlash coming from fans all across the NBA about the sexual assault allegations towards Chauncey Billups uh, from a while back. They still go through with a hire. Damian Lillard himself gets backlash for that decision. He kind of claps back at the fans saying he didn't play a part in it. And then sources come out saying he did. So it's more, it's a really a uh, he said, she said situation in Portland right now. It sounds like he's just had enough. He wants to go to a situation where he's going to win. So we're going to take a look at a couple of potential landing spots for Damian Lillard. And for me, there are four teams that really jump out as contenders. And three of those as serious contenders. I guess I'll run through them quickly. And then we'll talk a little bit about all of them. In my opinion... The Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. are the number one contender to yeah. land Damian Lillard. You look at the package they can put together, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, multiple first-round picks, including their two lottery picks from this year. That alone is probably the best package that Portland's going to get offered. Uh, and then they could throw in more picks to sweeten the pot if they need to. Yeah, I mean, that's one That's one, That's one. one thing about the, their pick that I think about the Warriors that's so compelling is that, you know, if the Warriors offer the kitchen sink like that, it's pretty hard to say no, right? I mean, there's so much compensation. And for, for Portland to, to, to jumpstart their rebuild, it would be really, really helpful. They get a chance to develop a player like James Wiseman. Um, and, you know, Dame would also be totally down for it because Oakland is his hometown, right? I mean, now the Warriors don't play uh, in Oakland anymore, uh, they play in San Francisco, but still, uh, it would. There's a lot of reasons for why that is the most likely scenario, um, and I think that there also is might be some league-wide pressure for the for the Blazers to not trade him. I mean, think about how hard it is already to to guard Dame and Steph by themselves, but together, that would be that's terrifying. Plus, Clay play Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond to facilitate and do all the dirty work. I mean, it, it, it'd be pretty unstoppable. It's pretty hard to say no. Yeah, I agree. And Damian Lillard, he also fits 
the Warriors timeline, which is much more of a win now timeline compared to other teams who are rumored to be in on Dame. And you said he's got the Oakland connection. You throw out a lineup of Curry, Dame at the two, uh, or honestly, you'd probably run Dame at the one, then just have Curry out there running off of back screens, and uh, it would be pretty unstoppable. And then Clay at the three, Draymond at the four to facilitate, and then you've got a guy like Kevon Looney. You can pick up another center. Uh, with the mid-level exception this offseason and the Warriors are right there back to being title favorites after taking two years off which is pretty terrifying I personally do believe they have the best package to offer let's move on to a different team now though and it's uh, an organization that has also been embroiled in trade rumors this offseason that would be the Philadelphia 76ers Mm, yes this is one that people are obviously going to go to because Ben Simmons he's not happy in Philly Philly's definitely not happy with him So they've been exploring trade opportunities over the past week or so. That was confirmed by a variety of reports. I think you look at Philly, they throw Ben Simmons. You're going to have to give up Tyrese Maxey. I know Mm -hmm. they don't want to, but he's necessary in this package, in my opinion. And then probably a first-round pick or two. That is also another really, really tough trade package to beat for some of these teams. Anton, what do you think about Philly? You know... Ben Simmons's trade value is as low as it's going to get, right? He had a terrible Eastern semis against the Hawks. Um, I mean, there was that crazy stat that he like didn't make a he didn't attempt a single shot or didn't make a single shot in the fourth quarter. Something that just cannot happen if you're like the star uh, of your team, right? Um, so the but the thing is, is that as scary as the the thought of Dame playing with Steph Curry is him with Embiid is also that is just that's I mean he's the perfect player to play with Embiid um the Sixers you know they would lose a little bit of defense right going from Simmons to Lillard but the emergence of uh Matisse Thibel kind of softens the blow a little bit uh Tyrese Maxey for the for the Blazers I mean he gives them a little bit more potential in the backcourt um but in the short term adding Damian Lillard just raises your ceiling to like another level right and bead is turning 30 right and time is sort of running out the title window is open but how but for how long right he's had an injury riddle career um but someone like uh dame would really help him out because now defenses can't double him inside um and if anything it's kind of similar to another pairing that i have on my list um but it's gonna be it would be very very good for both sides in my opinion um ben simmons can do a can really help them rebuild and he kind of offers a lot of playmaking and defense and that's something that the, the the Blazers really need yeah it's true and you look for Ben Simmons I think that Portland is an ideal destination for him he clearly is just mentally struggling right now especially in a big market like Philly where you look at the big three in my opinion Philly Boston and New York they are ridiculously hard on their fa- on their oh, players no question. their fans they are unforgiving as soon as you make a couple of mistakes they're not going to let that go ever until you're out the door. And in Ben Simmons' case, they've been waiting on him for years, and then he pulls what he did in the playoffs. They're ready to move on. He doesn't want to be there, as I said earlier. I think you need to send him to a small market where there's not a lot of pressure. You send him to Portland. Yes, they're going to put together a decent roster if CJ McCollum is still there, but you utilize Ben Simmons at the four, not as the point guard, as a secondary or even tertiary playmaker, and then you need to bring in a center who can stretch the floor so i don't think yusuf nurkic uh he's already said that if damian lillard gets traded he's not coming back to portland so at this point i can i think it's safe to assume that he's gone as well so if i'm portland 
you're really launching into a mini rebuild, a bit of a retool if you can uh, rehab Ben Simmons effectively and quickly, but you just need to bring in a, a center who can stretch the floor a little bit. And I look at guys who could be available across the league. Miles Turner comes to mind for Indiana. Yeah. Um, there are a variety of ways they could look to bring him in, but this isn't a Portland Trailblazers episode. Specifically, it's a Damian Lillard episode. So we'll, we'll move on there. Um, so those are two teams that are going to be in on Damian Lillard, the Golden State Warriors, the Philadelphia 76ers. The third team that comes to mind for me, and it's coming to mind for a lot of people because it was reported earlier that if Dame does indeed request a trade, New York is among mm, the top yeah. potential destinations for him. And I'm going to throw them in at number three because I just don't think they have the assets to compete really? with these other offers. I don't think so. I think you look at what they can build. R.J. Barrett, obviously, is the centerpiece of that trade. Right. Emmanuel quickly's probably in there. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson's in there. At least Definitely. one of those two guys. And then I think you have to throw in three to four. Three plus four, five first-round picks to even make it competitive with these other offers just because you don't have that key piece. Like Golden State, they have James Wiseman, who was a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia has Ben Simmons, all-star. Probably the only guy in the league who can guard one through five effectively. Uh, RJ Barrett, he was good last year. He was good. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to mention RJ. I mean, he came off like a really strong sophomore season um, he really improved his offense efficiency and his three-point shooting and his defense, you know, under uh, under Thibodeau uh, got, you know, that proved dramatically too. And he's only 21, right? That's another thing. He's, he's a really young guy. Quickly, he's, you know, one of those pretty explosive scoring guards. You kind of put him out there. He's, he'll, he'll spark your offense no matter what. Mitch Robinson, really athletic guy. I mean, they have pretty strong pieces, but I see what you're saying. Um, but I think what's going for the Knicks is they have like tons of cap space, right? Almost, what, 50 million this, this offseason? So, Ideal, I guess. In theory, if Dame would were, were to go to the Knicks, they could uh, potentially, you know, get someone else, another big star to round out uh, Julius Randle and Dame Lillard. And that's another funny thing. Who would have thought that in 2021 we would have end up talking about a potential Julius Randle and Damian Lillard pairing? I mean, who would have ever thought that? Um, but maybe they can go and get someone like I don't know, Demar Derozan or something like that. Um, but I think especially after the KD disaster uh, a few years ago, if New York really has a shot at a at a at a su- at a superstar like Damian Lillard, you really have to pull the trigger, right? There's new life in this in, the, in this organization. They're coming off their first postseason appearance since, since 2013. I think that if if the if the Knicks have a shot at Damian Lillard, they have to go get him. So, I actually completely disagree. Wow. With that statement, because I think you look at what the Knicks have done, look at their recent history. They sold the farm for Carmelo Anthony. Look how that turned out. It sent them back to the lottery for so many years. You're finally building a team around core young pieces while maintaining cap flexibility. You got a star in Julius Randle. I'm not the highest guy in Julius Randle, but he was great last season. You got him under contract for one more year, I believe. And then you can sign him to extension if you want. If not, push it. But you've got young guys under contract for longer and under team control because they're restricted free agents in R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. Why sell the farm for a 31-year-old Damian Lillard when you know he's probably got, what, three more years in his prime probably. at max left? He's an undersized guard. We're going to talk about all the positives of Damian Lillard. I mean, look at what he did last year. He was a 29-point-per-game guy, 7.5 assists. 
he shot 39% from three. He's a top 10 player in the NBA. He is elite. I'm not sure bringing him in and pairing him with Julius Randle gets you over the top in the East, as sad as it sounds. So I would just stay the course. I know Knicks fans aren't going to like that. But uh, I would stay the course. What do you think? I mean, there's, there's, I think there's a few teams in the league that are kind of in this scenario, right? I think, I think a team like Chicago, you know, maybe they they can put together Colby White, Laurie Markin and sign and trade, and a couple firsts, maybe Minnesota, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell and a few firsts. There are teams like that that you know they have they could put to, put together a somewhat compelling offer. But do they have enough talent to contend with Damian Lillard on their team after they lose all those guys? So I think there's a lot of teams that, uh, you know, they have all these assets, draft capital and prospects, but they probably should just stick to their who, who they have and just develop who they have. So I see what you're saying with, uh, you know, you know, like, like uh, with the Knicks, but. For me, I think um, the Knicks have a, have a shot, right? And it's, it's you know when the Knicks are when the Knicks are doing well, basketball does well. So I think there's a lot of reasons, you know, maybe it's not exactly the best idea. But if I'm the Knicks and you have a shot at Damian Lillard, I would just pull the trigger because you do have that cap space. That is a big, big like that is a big thing you have going for yourself. And that could you know in New York, right? It's a free agent destination to some degree, right? Of course, it's not exactly uh they don't have any stars or anything but i think that they have a really good shot um at maybe building a very contentious team in the east sure and you know one of the main reasons you mentioned is their cap flexibility they have a ton of cap space and that is why i would urge them to proceed with caution why give up a ton of assets for an aging star and damian lillard when you can stay the course keep your young guys together and then, as you said, you're a huge free agent destination. There, in the 2023 NBA free agency class, you got guys like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic hitting the market. I understand Knicks fans, they're anxious. They want to get back to that high level as soon as possible. But patience is key here. Would you rather trade for Damian Lillard, pair him with Julius Randle right now, or in two years, have a roster of RJ Barrett hitting his prime, Emmanuel quickly? Uh, who's learning from Derrick Rose how to become just an elite scoring point guard. Julius Randle, he's probably gone by that point. Or if he's not gone, he's you know probably nearing the end of his prime, if he's even still in it. But then you bring in a guy like Nikola Jokic. Mm. I think for me, that's just maximizing your contending window. And that is what I would urge New York to do. But as you said, you know, uh, it's a win-now league. Teams are anxious. New York fans, they tasted uh, the blood of, of success last year, and now they want more of it, and I can't blame them for it. But moving off New York, the fourth team, which I'm putting them number four because there's a big if here, it's Boston. Mm, I'm a Celtics fan, um, so I am a little biased here, but I'm going to try to examine this from an unbiased perspective. Uh, if you're Brad Stevens, the new president of basketball operations for the Celtics, you have a really difficult choice to make here. You've got two really young, dynamic, two-way wings in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown under contract for the next four years. Uh, Jalen Brown, I think he's 24, Tatum's 23, et cetera. They're in that, they're very young. They still haven't hit their prime. But you have the opportunity right now, if Jason Tatum wants it, and Jason Tatum says, bring in Damian Lillard to pair with me. You can bring in, you can bring in Dame. Uh, you're going to have to give up Jalen Brown, who, in, in my opinion, if he gets traded, he, uh, 
he could take a Harden like leap wherever he goes. Like when Harden yeah. left OKC, he became the number one option. He's dropping thirty a night. That's the type of guy I think Jalen Brown would be. So I personally wouldn't give him up. But if Tatum wants to win now, and you think that you can get a championship or two in this next three to four year window if you bring in Damian Lillard, then you pull the trigger. And I think if he's included in trade discussions, Jalen Brown, he's the best piece available. Yeah. And then Boston just has to sweeten the pot with picks, maybe another young player. You got plenty of guys to choose from and Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Lankford, uh, Aaron Neesmith, even Rob Williams, although I'm not sure they want to go that far because he's developing into a nice young superstar big for this Celtics team. But that's the big if, because we don't know if Boston is willing to offer up Jalen Brown. If they are, I think they immediately jump up with the Warriors as one of the two best offers. What do you think about Boston? You know, you're right. I mean, Jalen Brown is clearly like the piece that it, I mean, he's already proven. He's already an all-star, right? He's already a guy that you know um you know he can play defense he can shoot the three he can be he can be effective on offense um he's a very skilled player I love Jalen Brown I love what he can do um and you're right the problem is what do you do with Jalen Brown because ideally you don't want to give him up you know a, a, a trio of Dame Jason Tatum Jalen Brown and whoever else you can field um would be unstoppable um but I was trying to think of a, a package to put together without Jalen Brown, it would go something like Marcus Smart. Uh, you have to throw in Rob, you know, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Grant, and probably three or four firsts. And that seems like a lot if you think about it. But you know, if, because there's no Jalen Brown, there's no guaranteed All Star or anything. So if they're gonna get, uh, they're very, they're gonna if they're trying to get Dame for real. They're probably gonna have to throw in Jalen Brown. Um, at the same time, though, you think about uh, Dame. Uh, Jason Tatum and Al Horford. I mean, that's a they have a pretty absurd offensive ceiling. Uh, Dame and JT. I mean, they can go out and score with anybody, right? Um, and that team will instantly contend uh, in the uh, in the East. Uh, for Portland too. I mean, that's it's pretty sweet for them. They get uh, a, a roster of Marcus Smart, CJ McCollum, Jalen Brown, Robert Covington, and Nurkic. Well, assuming that he would maybe be there. Who knows? Was the say some other center? I mean, that would be very competitive, right? And especially that's that I mean, if you're trying to be a competitive team after losing Damian Lillard, uh that's probably your best that's probably your best bet. Um but Boston's first round picks, I don't know how valuable they'll be, right? Because they have Jason Tatum. They have, you know, they they're not going to be like the Cavs. No no disrespect to my team, but they're not going to be <laughs> like them, right? They're going to be pretty competitive. So I think Boston, if they do toss in Jalen Brown, they do have the best asset that any team, maybe besides Ben Simmons, it, probably not. I would probably say it goes Jalen Brown, then Ben Simmons in terms of who uh, Portland can get right now. So I think you're right. I think Boston needs to be able to – I think Boston really does have a shot if they're willing to do it, right? Um, and that's just a matter of will Brad Stevens uh, try to emulate what Danny Ainge did for years and just, you know, tease Celtics fans saying we're going to get this guy, we're going to get this guy, but they never do. But I think um, I think Brad's going to try to make a move here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Boston will do. Yeah, I think it really all just comes down to what does Jason Tatum want? We know he's not necessarily really tight with Jalen Brown. They don't hang out outside of the practice, outside of the practice facility and the games. Um, and Tatum right now, he's on the Team USA trip with Damian Lillard. They're going to get a chance to play together. If he comes back and says, yeah, I want this guy on my team for the next four years, then you pull the trigger because you have to listen to what your star says. And I'll, I want to bring up one thing that you mentioned. When you were talking about Portland's theoretical starting lineup, you include Marcus Smart. I think if Jalen Brown, Brown is going to Portland, Smart's not included in that deal mm. just because 
Boston would want to pair Dame with Smart in the backcourt. You got a really explosive point guard, but he's lacking defensive capabilities, which is something we've seen with Boston point guards. They're undersized over the past few years. They're not great on defense. Marcus Smart is definitely some guy you can send out there, tell him, hey, stop taking the transition pull-up threes. We don't need it. We just need you to go out there and lock your guy up, facilitate. You're one of our better facilitators. Play your role like we know you can do. I think he's the perfect complement to Damian Lillard. All right, we've we've touched on four teams there, Golden State, Philadelphia, the New York Knicks, and the Boston Celtics. Now let's okay, Anton. You got something to say? Well, I was Go gonna say. It. I mean, I, I I'll throw you. I'll throw out one more team for you that maybe they could. Put I I got I've got one more too. So All right, I'll okay, you, go you, first you and then Go okay. I'll, okay, I'll go. I'll say. I think New Orleans has a pretty All right, solid. That's my team as well. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I feel like New Orleans has a pretty good reason a reason to to get a star like Dame, and they have to have a pretty good package. Okay, so like. Uh, so Zion's family came out recently, kind of caused a media uh, firestorm when he said that the, the family is not happy with Zion on the Pelicans. They want him on a different team, right? And of course, New York Knicks fans are like, oh my God, we're going to get Zion. But the thing is, is New Orleans, they have a pretty good offer in Brandon Ingram, you know, Eric Bledsoe, a competent point guard and some first round picks. They have the draft capital. They have Brandon Ingram, right? He's like a I would say maybe like a B plus version of Jalen Brown, right? Um, and you know he's a he's an all star, very solid game. But the two man game of of Zion and Dame is pretty electric. I think about that a lot. Crazy. No disrespect to Al Horford, sorry, not Al Horford, Lamarcus Aldridge and CJ McCollum. Zion has probably the highest ceiling of a teammate that Dame has ever had or, you know, and their games mesh so well, right? Lillard, he can stretch the floor um, and then Zion has these open driving lanes and then he drags defenders into him. So then when if Zion wants to kick it back out, Dame has even more space on these on these open catch and shoot. I think those two together would be really scary. I agree. And uh, before I touch on them. Again, I, I think you raised a good point here is that when those rumors came out about Zion not being happy in New Orleans, all those Knicks fans were like, oh, he was meant to be in New York anyway. He's coming to New York. It's like you got to realize he's under team control. Like the earliest he's getting out is in three or four years. It's yeah. not going to happen like that. They're not going to trade Zion Williamson. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure this is not Anthony Davis 2.0. And that includes making him happy. And that's why I think, as you said, this is a great offer. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Eric Bledsoe, they can throw in other young pieces if they want to. Nikhil Alexander-Walker showed a bunch of potential. So did Kira Lewis, their first-round pick from last year. Jackson Hayes is a guy Mm -hmm. who has a lot of potential still, in my opinion. They've got plenty of draft capital and assets to offer in a deal. So I do think they're a dark horse team, uh, and we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, those are four or five teams we think could be in on Damian Lillard. Uh, we're going to move on to a different topic, but before I do, Anton, how quickly do you think this trade package, assuming, by the way, while we're recording this podcast, Damian Lillard is scheduled to address these trade rumors uh, after the Team USA practice. That's going to happen in 15, 20 minutes, so we're probably not going to get to that. Um, I think it's safe to assume he's probably going to go out there and not deny them yeah. like he did the last time he was out there. Because if he, if he denies them, we're all, all going to know he's lying. Yeah. At this point, we know he's going to request a trade in the next couple of days. Unless he adamantly says, I'm committed to Portland, I don't want to be traded, then we know he's going elsewhere. And assuming he does kind of push those trade rumors, how quickly do you think a package is going to be put together and Dame will get shipped out? 
I would, if I were any of these teams, I would put together a package right now. I mean, Dame, he's a, he's a generational talent. You know, uh, he's probably the closest thing we'll ever get in probably in a few years to Steph Curry. His range is unbelievable. Uh, when he gets hot, he doesn't miss. So I think if you're a team that really wants to, to raise to raise you know your your competitiveness in whatever in the east or the west or if you want to if you really want to make your stars happy you want to like you know tell your fan base that that you know I, we're here to win we're here to win now you go out and you get on the phone as soon as he makes the comments and quite honestly if dame had said if, if dame wanted to stay right he would have addressed it immediately he would have been like i'm not leaving he would have said something on twitter would have posted something on instagram but he didn't right so if I'm the Blazers fans holding onto that hope that he's gonna come out and say no, I, I love Portland, I'm gonna stay, he would have done it by now. And 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 we all know that he has probably been unhappy the last few years. I mean, he's had some pretty unfortunate playoff exits. So I think if I'm a team that wants Dame, I get on the phone as soon as that press conference ends. Oh, I'm sure they're already on the phone. I would um, I would be there too. Yeah, I, I'm sure they are. And I'm sure that Portland, they probably know it's coming. They're already fielding offers. I don't think a trade's going to materialize for at least another week and a half or so. Um, one specific date jumps out to mind, and that's the end of July and the NBA draft. Because as we said, one of these top two teams and their offers is Golden State. And they possess two lottery picks in a very stacked 2021 draft class. You've got legit star potential all the way through the lottery. So if Portland feels like they want to take the route where they don't want an immediate star coming in. They want James Wiseman, who we know has all-star potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want Andrew Wiggins, who they know is a contributor. He showed tons of flashes, was much more efficient in Golden State last year. Uh, and then you want those two draft picks who you think can turn into maybe you want to move up in the draft. Or maybe you want to take two guys who can be promising uh, potential future prospects. If they want to go that route, then we're going to see a trade materialize pretty quickly. If not, unfortunately, I think this thing could drag out through some of the summer, like we saw with Kawhi Leonard a couple of years ago. And then, boom, it gets done overnight. And I hope that's not the case because I will not be able to deal with uh, constant Damian Lillard trade rumors as a fan of a team who's in on that right. conversation. But yeah, so we talked about Damian Lillard. Uh, more news broke today that doesn't have to do with the Blazers and Lillard, and that has to do with Team USA. Bradley Beal, uh, this happened yesterday. He's officially out of the Olympics. He contracted COVID. Very unfortunate. Uh, we know he and Jason Tatum have been looking forward to playing together for such a long time. Now they're going to have to wait, uh, wink, wink, up until the 2023 <laughs> offseason when Bradley Beal could be available or the 2022 offseason if he opts out of the final year of his deal. Uh Either way, Bradley Beal's out, and then Kevin Love today opted out of the Olympics because he's still dealing with that calf issue that Anton is far too familiar with. It's been a thing for, what, a year and a half now, Anton? It feels like, he's been dealing feels like with 50 this? years. It feels like 50 years Kevin Love hasn't played for the Cavs. Uh, and no surprise here, honestly. Kevin Love, oh man, he's just, just, he's just a pain in my ass. I'm telling you, sorry, sorry, sorry for my language, but Kevin Love, come on, man. Yeah, and then... Um, so once those guys were confirmed to be uh, out of the Olympics, obviously the rumors were flying around. Trey Young made it known he wanted to be on the team, even went as far as posting the Isaiah Thomas gif from The Last Dance. You're like, right. I met the qualifications, but I just wasn't selected yeah. on the team. Uh, and then you got guys like Zion, who you look at Team USA, they're lacking a true big man. And we're not saying he's a is traditional center but he can be a legit small ball five because the only real center they have is bam Adebayo, and he's six nine 
So you look at the two holes they have to fix. You think, okay, there's tons of good guys you can bring in. Right. And then the news breaks today. Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee. Shackton MVP. Bronson alert. <laughs> Coming to the Olympic squad. Not necessarily what you expected. No. Keldon Johnson, you see it because he performed well in the two scrimmages so far for Team USA or three scrimmages. Sorry, he was good. Yeah. Uh, for them. But um, JaVale McGee, man, out of all the centers in the 57 pan Olympic pool, it just it doesn't make any sense. Does it make sense to you, Anton? It does. It really doesn't because the problem is, you know, I guess you could make the argument. I, I thought about, you know, who else could the who else could Team USA add, right? And then they really need a big man. But the problem is that most of the big men in the league that are really dominant um, are foreign born, right? You know, Jokic, Giannis, uh, Embiid. Those guys, those those guys are like the the some of the best big men in the league. But they don't, they're not, they're not from the United. They don't play for Team USA. And I was thinking, like, maybe who who are some of the people they could add? And I, I was thinking, like, you know, maybe someone like Bam Adebayo. Or um, just you know, just some other big man besides Javel McGee. He's like ba- hardly a role player. I, I would take in Dwight Howard in a heartbeat, honestly. Uh, maybe even Brooke Lopez or something like that. Anybody else besides um, besides Javel McGee? I mean, he's hardly a role player. And I think the problem is, you know, another big problem with Team USA is just their overall cockiness. I feel like you know everyone just expects the Team USA to go out there and just win. Um, but people don't realize that a lot of these other countries are catching up to the U.S. pretty quickly. Um, I think a big thing is in all the years past, there, there probably was a lot of talent in these, you know, probably these smaller countries like Slovenia, where Luca's from, right? Um, but they didn't have the infrastructure, the resources uh, to, you know, develop that talent, to give them the coaching they needed, to give them the platform so they could go to the NBA but thanks to the work of Adam Silver um, and his 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 goal to make basketball a world game has I mean you can see it right now I mean the team USA uh, the, the they played in the FIBA World Cup the U19 right and they lost it was like some of the best players uh, the US had to offer and they beat France by two points like barely at the, in the very end so it's very clear that uh, it wasn't like these other countries didn't have any talent before they just now have the chance to actually see the full potential of that talent and that's what's wrong with Team USA you know they're just kind of going out there for fun right but these other guys they're playing for their countries man they, they're they're playing they have a very good reason right and they're playing it. It's like a playoff atmosphere for these guys. But for Team USA, it's just like, oh, we'll go out there. The win will take care of itself, you know. And that and that's why you lose to Nigeria and then you lose to Australia, right? And Team USA, I'm a little worried, quite honestly. Even though they have KD, you know, even though they have uh, Damian Lillard, it's like, do they have enough? Do they really have that synergy? Do they have that alpha dog who's gonna take over and like everyone follow me, get on my back like Kobe was back in 2012? Uh, I don't know. I think the problem for me is I do think that they have those alphas. I think KD is an alpha. He's about as much of an alpha as you can get in NBA history. And Damian Lillard has shown that he can be that guy. Even Tatum has shown flashes that he can be that guy, despite being the youngest player currently on the roster. Um, but they really lack a true point guard. They lack ball movement. Damian, not Damian Lillard, sorry. Draymond Green is the best facilitator on that team, which tells you something. They they lack team chemistry. They lack a sense of pride in playing for the country, as you said. And now they have lost two key players, or at least one key player, Bradley Beal. We weren't sure if Kevin Love was ever really going to see the court. Uh, And then replacing him with a young guy and then a center who also may never see the court. 
So right now you're looking to the NBA Finals and saying, hey, Milwaukee and Phoenix, let's wrap these things up because we need Devin Booker and Chris Middleton on the plane ASAP. We need these guys to come over, uh, help facilitate, help out the scoring, and just help build the chemistry that Team USA is lacking. But yeah, definitely two surprise additions to that roster. Overall, Team USA, I think we can agree they're in a bit of trouble here. This is not going to be the cakewalk that some people expected when they saw the initial roster that the United States was rolling out. That is going to wrap up this uh, emergency episode of the Hail Marys and Hoops podcast. Anton, thank you so much for joining me again on such short notice. Drop your socials for the people out there to follow you. Yes, once again, you can follow me on Instagram at Anton Lee with two underscores. That's A-N-T-O-N-L-E-E followed by two underscores on Instagram. Awesome. Anton will be back next week along with hopefully Jeremy Guerin once again and maybe a special guest. We're going to do a full NBA offseason preview. We're probably still going to be talking about Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard in there. We're going to examine who could be the biggest players this offseason, where could specific free agents land, and much, much more. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good one.